ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This week has given the country an insight into the threats posed to our national security by foreign interference. On Wednesday, during his annual threat assessment, Mike Burgess, the head of ASIO, revealed a former Australian politician had been recruited by an international spy ring. And yesterday, the first person to be found guilty under Australia's foreign interference laws was sentenced to prison for cultivating a relationship with a cabinet minister on behalf of the Chinese government. So that's a separate case. But timing is everything, right? So how real a threat is foreign interference to the country's security and intelligence relationships? ASIO tells us it's our biggest threat. The government's Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, says we need to be taking this very seriously. John Coyne is the Head of Strategic Policing and Law Enforcement at the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. John, welcome to RM Breakfast. Good morning, Patricia. So we heard some pretty chilling messages from both the ASIO boss and and the Home Affairs Minister, and there are others that have been saying this for a while now. Is there evidence that foreign interference is really growing fast in Australia? Look, I think there's very, very clear evidence of this. Um, I guess we also have to put it, though, first in historical context. So we've had espionage has been an ongoing issue for every country in the world, um, I guess, since the beginning of time. Um, certainly, a lot of us thought that ended at the, the ending of the Cold War. Um, but, you know, that's continued on and it's had a wider focus. So it's, you know, we've been focused on things like economics, um, looking at foreign diasporas, um, those sorts of things. I guess what's changing in this is it's not just about the collection of information. It's far more assertive than that, which is this is about actually influencing or attempting to influence decisions that are made by governments. Now, um, from that perspective, we're looking at it, it's it's a process that undermines the good governance of our democracy in Australia. How does it work? What tactics are deployed? Look, very similar in some ways to espionage. So the idea is to create, and I, I use it in inverted commas, a special relationship that special relationship can be with someone who um, is likely to gain some sort of power in organisations, bureaucracies or government, um, or it can be someone who is already existing, has an existing power or ability to influence decisions. The approach of it is generally, it looks innocuous. It's almost like, you know, that famous saying of salami slicing or boiling the frog. So it starts with someone coming and wanting to be friends or to, to meet with you and offer you something. Um, and very shortly after that, it starts slowly growing and slowly growing. Um, and it can be quite insidious. And we've seen this. There's certainly been cases in the intelligence community overseas where that's occurred, where a spy has also used um, their position. And we saw this with Cuba um, in the US, where the leading US analyst um a leading US analyst on Cuba was also sitting there and not only collecting information and handing it over to Cuban authorities, but was actually influencing decisions. Now, there's huge argy-bargy in discussion this morning, as <coughs> I know you would not have missed, about whether there needs to be a naming of this former politician. Mike Burgess said uh, that, you know, it's kind of doubled down, saying that he won't be providing the name. But is there a public interest in finding out? Um, look, there probably is a public interest, but I think, you know, part of the debate here is is missing the key messages. The first one is, is um, you know, 
Patricia, and you, you're sort of at the front end of this. For the last five years, I guess, since the beginning of COVID, we keep on using the word extraordinary. Um, I think that Mike Burgess and ASIO providing an annual threat assessment um, opens up the bonnet so that people can have a look in um, at our intelligence and uh, agencies and the threat that faces our nation. Um, the key message here isn't so much about the individual. Um, Mike Burgess is sending, and ASIO, and by default the Australian government, is sending a message to what he colloquially calls the A-team, so that the network that is trying to do this, um, that they are, they've got their number. Secondly, he's saying to the public with a very clear example, and politicians and people in power um, you must be incredibly careful. Uh, this isn't a hypothetical. This is happening all the time. And certainly, um, yesterday's sentencing proves that point. Um, and third, it's meant to give people a better understanding of our national security. So uh, from Mike Burgess and the government's perspective, has achieved those three things. Um, now, there may be a myriad of reasons why Mr um, Burgess, as the DG ASIO, is unable or unwilling to uh, provide that name. But we shouldn't, I guess, from my perspective, as someone who's worked in national security for almost three decades, be caught on the name of the individual. The issue isn't the individual. The issue here is the threat to our democracy and our good governance here in Australia. Yeah, I, I get what you mean more broadly, but equally... In individual does matter, doesn't it? Because it that argument that Joe Hockey made, um, I think quite compellingly on this program yesterday, that now there's question marks on all of the politicians. And I'm just looking at my text line and it's full of guesses. I think it was this person. I'm not going to share those guesses because I'm not smearing people I don't know. And that's the point. But isn't that the issue? Look, I, I, there is that component of it, but the other part of um, the other part of undertaking, um, and this is this is, I guess, from a tradecraft perspective. So, um, revealing the exact names runs the risk of revealing um, tradecraft. Okay, so how ASIO found out this? Secondly. Um, not always when you undertake uh, security investigations are you able to prosecute. And certainly historically, in terms of espionage in Australia, in the US, in multiple countries, um, people who have been um, providing uh, information to foreign nationals and foreign countries um, actually undertaking espionage haven't been named. And indeed, often um, the agents who are um, identified by uh, security intelligence agencies are often um, quietly pushed outside the country uh, re to return to their home country in disgrace um, with little or no fanfare and public announcements. So it's not uncommon that an intelligence agency would use a range of those uh, approaches, uh, um, both for protecting the security of their capabilities and also um, because there may not be sufficient evidence here to, to prosecute someone in court. But certainly we can take from this that, um, and the language used by Mike Burgess, who is a careful user of words, um, you know, he makes a very clear statement about the motivation and impacts of that individual. And so, uh, okay, there is a lot of speculation about who it might be. Then there's the timing. I must say I was confused about the timing. If it's pre-2018, why are we hearing about it now? Um, a lot of the time, it takes a long time to unpick and investigate uh, an issue. So even in law enforcement, separate from national security, 
complex investigations take many, many years before they reach such a time as they can be completed and considered completed. Um, so it would may have taken ASIO, and here, you know, to be quite frank, in terms of that timing, I'm partly speculating here, which is it may have taken a number of years to fully understand and investigate what has happened, who was involved, what was exchanged, where the additional agents are. Um, in the case of the Australian of ASIO, their focus isn't necessarily on prosecution. Their focus is on understanding and dismantling and disrupting the full network of agents and um, players that were involved in this plot. So it may take many, many years for that to be identified um, and to be in the position where you're able to share that information publicly in the way that has been. And so for politicians, and, you know, you don't hear a lot of sympathy for politicians full stop probably on this program. <laughs> but <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. But for politicians... You do wonder, I mean, how can they do their job if they have to be entirely paranoid about everyone they meet with? Oh, but I don't think this is a matter of being paranoid. I think, you know, uh, and yesterday I spoke to one of your producers and I said this, and, you know, in some ways, some of the intergenerational advice um, that, that people have been provided works quite well here without needing to be paranoid. So if something is too good to be true, then it is too good to be true. So if someone be it a foreign country or organisation, is paying for you to fly to a conference overseas, as an example, and all expenses paid, uh, the chances are they are after something. And the yeah, but idea that's low-hanging really fruit, that. right? That's obvious, that stuff. Isn't it the well, case that we'll have foreign interference, which is a lot more Machiavellian? Uh, we can do, but ultimately all of it involves some sort of um, some sort of bait to build that relationship. So even even us as individuals. So if someone rang out of the blue and said, you know, hey John, would you like to go to dinner tonight? Um, I would sit there and have a think. Well, you know, why do they want to have dinner tonight? Or if I'm being introduced and this person contacts me straight away and wants to meet with me more regularly, um, you know, from a from a good governance, a transparency perspective, it's expected. We'd expect that in terms of elected officials um, who are responding to lobbyists as well. So it's the same thing from my perspective. So interesting. Um, so many people really engaged on this too. I suppose when you're talking about spying, it is the stuff of fiction, but it's real too. John Coyne, thank you. Thank you very much, Patricia. Head of Strategic Policing and Law Enforcement at the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, John Coyne there. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.